welcome to the Where Does It Come From podcast. We all have so much stuff in our lives and we're starting to realise that this can cause harm to the people who make it, the planet and even ourselves. I'm Jo Salter, founder of Where Does It Come From, creating kind clothes and textiles with a tail. On this podcast, I'll chat with people who've dedicated themselves to making the world better, creating businesses, campaigning, writing books and much more. This time, I'm talking with Stephen McPeak, CEO and founder of Civic Dollars, a community currency that's being used to improve public health and well-being by incentivising greater use of parks and open spaces. After launching in Belfast in June 2021, Civic Dollars will be launching in Leeds, Dublin and other UK cities later in the year. Hello and welcome back to the Where Does It Come From podcast. This week we're going to be talking community issues and we're talking to Stephen McPeak from Civic Dollars. Welcome aboard, Stephen. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Busy as always. <laughs> well, that's the way it's meant to be. Uh, well, thank you so much for sparing the time to talk to us today. And I know that people are going to really enjoy hearing about what you've got to tell us. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Tell us your story. What's your background? And what was the trigger that got you into working to make the world a bit better? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I'm Stephen from Civic Dollars, and I've been working in IT for 23 plus years now. Um, so always had a love for technology, and that's held me well throughout my my career, um, including going out and working for myself, which has given me time to do all the other fun stuff, um, especially Civic Dollars. So that came about back in 2013. Um, I already had an app developed and working in some of the councils in Northern Ireland here called Report All. And the idea of Report All was that people could report all problems that they came across, be that dog fouling, litter, fly tipping, um, streetlights, potholes, etc. Um, and we were onboarding a council in 2013 and I bought civicdollars.com with the idea to reward people for reporting these problems because they were taking time out of their day to, to do that. Um, and it was a great idea I had in my head, like like all the other domains I bought over the years and didn't do anything with. It sat dormant um, until 2018. And that was a sort of trigger, as we were discussing earlier, the, the trigger for working for a, a better world was that Belfast launched their Smart City Challenges, their very first Smart City Challenges back at the end of 2018. And they had a number of different categories, um, including transportation, tourism, smart buildings. But active health was one that, that sort of perked my interest. And I was sitting on the, at the conference centre whenever they were talking about the active health and the Smart City Challenge that they have. And I have it written down on, on, a, on a page still, the how to that civic dollars could link to report all to nudge people to be more healthy. Didn't know how to do that at the time, but it was something that really triggered something in my head to say something could be done here. Um, so I applied for that funding back, uh, back at the end of 2018 and uh, lucky enough got won it for a scoping study to show how a community currency could be used to encourage health. What, what would what will nudge pe people to be more active and how would they be rewarded? Um, and we, we got the funding to do a scoping study, which we got um, PwC's 
Center of Excellence, sorry, PwC's uh, Innovation and Blockchain Division were based out of Belfast at that stage. So we had a great help from those guys and also Queen's University in Belfast, their Center of Excellence for Public Health. Um, so they had great research into PAL projects, which was physical activity and loyalty schemes about how to nudge people and when they will do something for a reward, and especially when they'll start to cheat for it, which was which is really interesting. Uh, so putting those two, two expertises together, um, we got the scoping study done. And while that was being finished, Belfast released a second um, smart city project called Amazing Spaces. And the idea behind that was to encourage more use of the parks and open spaces and at the same time reduce barriers to people visiting the parks, um, especially around antisocial behaviour. Um, so I again went in with the idea, right, we could use civic dollars to, to do that. So we applied for that and won through to phase one of that project, which allowed you to build an MVP and roll it, test it out in, in Belfast. So the idea for civic dollars was that we would geofence around the park, create a, a virtual fence that nobody would see, not actually fencing them in. And people would earn a civic dollar for every 30 minutes they spent in the park. But then they could go, and um, when they accumulated those in their digital wallet, they could go to a local shop and get a discount, or they could get um, a free swim or a gym or a public transport voucher, something that was going to still encourage that health side of it and give them that, that nudge to be a little more healthy. But the other option was that they could donate the civic dollars to a community group. And the benefit behind that was that the community groups could see a different set of rewards from local businesses and co the corporations um, to give them that sort of step up in the world. So something they maybe couldn't afford or get access to before. So we had uh, the likes of legal support, financial support, business consultancy, um, web design, logo design, things that were they maybe didn't want to to spend money on before but they could get that just by encouraging their members to get out and be be a bit more active um so that the phase one of that pilot ran in the middle of 2019 and then the phase two application came out at the end of 2019 and we applied and we're fortunate enough to get through to phase two of that with funding to build the, the full production version of of civic dollars and roll it out across the city um and just luckily that was that was in place just before lockdown so mm. we were able to to still pay our developers and get the design work done and do a lot of the user research online as well. So phase two, we built um, a few different aspects into that linked to, to lockdown, including um, social distancing. So we built a, a traffic light system into that so people could see which parks are busier and which ones are quieter. Um, in the future, we want to, to increase, automatically increase the earned value of those quieter parks. So people would be more encouraged to, to visit those um and add more parks into the into the system and um yeah we went live on the 3rd of june of this year because of all the lockdowns and and everything else we were put off a little but um yeah it was really encouraging to to go live in in belfast and we've had a great uptick from the users and if anything it's been the community groups have been the real catalyst behind it because we're using them to to get their members out and active because they can see the benefit and they're pushing it out to their members, look at all the good stuff we can get, just get out into the park and spend some time in it because we're sort of creating, we, do, we wanted to reduce that inequality piece that's, that's happening in a load of those loyalty systems that people have to do 5Ks or they have to show how many steps they've done per day or, or pay for a private health insurance to get 
get all the perks out of it. So with Civic Dollars, all you have to do is spend time in the park. We don't care if you walk, run, cycle, or just sit in the park bench. You can go there, and for the mindfulness side of it as well, you can go there, sit, listen to the birds, um, and spend some time in a, in a greener blue space, and still earn your Civic Dollars for doing that. So that was in case the users had maybe mobility or health problems that they could still get involved in the, in the project. Um, we've seen that a lot of people are doing that, that they're they're going to the park as opposed to going to the gym, maybe feeling embarrassed about going to the, the gym or going for, going for a swim. And all they have to do is, is take a dander around the park or, or mm-hmm. sit on the bench because we're creating that incidental activity that people don't realize they're still walking to that park bench and walking back. Mm-hmm. And the same with the rewards that every bus journey starts and ends with a walk. So the public transport and creating that active sustainable travel side of things, I think that's that's going to be really important in getting the public transport guys involved to to push that out and get people to leave the cars behind and uh, take public transport instead. Yeah, and I think I think there's also when you're a lot of people have been obviously locked down for the last eighteen months on and off. Getting out of the house for some people is a really big deal. So if you can incentivize people to leave their homes and just go for a walk, then they're going to start seeing other benefits as well. So I think there's, as well as the general mind mindfulness, there's that whole mental, how do we get people back out again? I, mean, I know what it's like for my own family that have been locked in. It, there's, there's a barrier to going out again, isn't there? Yeah, without a doubt. And if anything, I've, I've seen it myself. I tore my knee ligaments in February and then had an operation. So I was housebound for two or three months. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the, the impact it's it's had on me. And if anything, it's great to be able to relate that that back, that not only being housebound, but sofa bound for, for so long. The weight, the the whole mm-hmm. darkness that you, you feel, just not being able to, to go anywhere. And I'll always revert back to the original document I'd done on civic dollars when i was doing a brain dump onto onto a document one day i thought yep that's everything down and yeah we were going to cure type 2 diabetes heart disease strokes this is just going to be the end all and be all but it wasn't until we seen the research from from queens especially to show that that's not the real problem that at the very beginning it's social isolation and sedentary lifestyles that's that's creating that and if we can try and break that cycle then the rest of it will will trickle down um, so the the stats are horrendous. Like even from whenever they were chatting about civic dollars on uh, Good Morning Britain a couple of months ago, they'd done a bit of research for me, which is great. That's what <laughs> England, England had brought out that an extra three million people had become sedentary during the first lockdown, which was absolutely mind blown. And mm. and we can relate that to cost thanks to the research as well. So that's an extra billion a year that it's going to cost the, the NHS um, ongoing because of that that issues for something that's already costing i think it's 27 billion in production and non-production costs or healthcare mm. and non, non-healthcare there's also general is the quality of life issue you know as well on top of all of that with these people are probably not very happy people are they they're probably got low self-esteem there's probably other issues there that i, I love that what you said about a bus journey starts with a uh, a walk and ends with a walk you know going to the park even if you're going to sit and have your lunch on a bench rather than in your own garden it's going to be adding that little those few extra steps and that can make all the difference to somebody yeah it's something that really sticks in my mind those two statements of sedentary lifestyles and incidental activity or mm. i think it was called activity by stealth 
Like yeah. People don't people don't realize they're they're doing it. And the whole thing about gamification, which was a real buzzword there around Pokemon Go, the game using game culture to get people to do things. So the gamification is getting people to do something for a reward that they mm. normally wouldn't do. And if we can provide that that nudge, be that to get a reward themselves or to help out their local community, then that's that's a win for us. No, definitely, definitely. That sounds sounds amazing. So all the way from you sitting in a conference room scribbling the name or an idea on a bit of paper to where you've got to now quite amazing well done yeah no it's it's brilliant and funny the the guys in Dublin have just done a, a release um today it's finally out that we can announce it we're going live in Dublin um fabulous which, which is great part of smart d8 so the d8 district in in Dublin is um it's one of the newer districts that they want to focus on health and well-being and community as well. So they had an open call out um, at the start of the year and I applied for it. And uh, yeah, we're going through the project planning at the at the minute to, to go live in Dublin. And that's as well as uh, Leeds were just going through the data protection um, documentation and their information governance team at the moment before we go live there. And we have another one brewing a bit further down the country that we can't really say yet, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all going going well. We've had interest from Australia and uh, Spain and Denmark. So yeah, we're it's starting to to take a bit of notice, which which is great. I like your idea of the or your idea the, the the idea of gamification. But you mentioned before about people cheating. So how do you think people will try and cheat these things? It's pretty handy because I worked in IT and IT security over the last number of years. So that's. I've always been one to try and break the system to see to see how people would would get into this physical IT systems. Um, so yeah, I like to I like to think how hackers work and how people always try to game the system, try and try and get more out of it. Mm. And we've built in as many limitations as possible because I know for a fact the first thing I would try to do is <laughs> how would I get more civic dollars than I was due. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm taking that mindset uh, to the developers. I'm saying to them, if if that was the gap, I would do this to get around it. So we've built that in. We, you, we've limited the amount of um, civic dollars that you can earn per day to try and restrict that amount uh, or that side of it. And you're also restricted in what rewards you can redeem, be that the frequency of it or the actual total number that you can you can redeem off, off each reward. So each reward gets its own, own limitations put onto it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough one to human nature. You're always going to try and try and try and cheat the, the system, but we're trying to push that. We try and make the rewards not that attractive that they'll try to cheat for it, but that it, it would be nice to have. And by pushing the community angle as well, yeah, that that sort of helps. I think as well, if they if they think they're winning, so if they think that they're yeah, yeah I'm getting some great rewards, and they, they don't realise that actually you're both winning because you're they're walking around around the parks trying to get as many civic dollars as they can yep. um so that so they're getting their own benefits and, and obviously civic dollars is getting its benefits that the council are trying to measure as well so it is a win-win really isn't it yeah and that's it like we through the test phase um we've seen we tried to tell people the test users try and break it and try and try and earn more than you're you're supposed mm. to um but then that's led us to, to other ideas about, yes, you can earn a maximum in one park, but now you can go to another park and earn some more. So again, you're, you're creating that incidental activity between the parks mm. or an idea for a golden park that if you visit two parks plus the golden park a week, you get a bonus. 
So yeah. it's trying to keep that that choice and that's um I don't want it to get stagnant that people are saying I'm on board walking around the park, I don't think, or I'm bored with that reward. There was a great bit of research done about that that factor of choice that yeah. people will get bored. So we have to increase the amount of how they can earn it and how they can spend yeah, it. Yeah, constant, constant renewal of things, isn't it? I mean, I must have I was thinking of teenage kids offering offering to take to take your walk for you <laughs> borrow your mobile phone and uh, take your walk for you for some civic dollars but you never know there yeah. could be a whole black market thing going on here couldn't there of course you know, that, that's that's actually really interesting because that was one of the things during the mvp build that we looked at because we were initially going to do it using um iot beacons and people would carry around uh, fobs uh-huh. automatically check them in as they as they walked around the park but whenever we, we looked at it, that um, not only for a, a scalable solution, that vandalism um, getting power to the to the parks where the, the beacons would, would have to sit and just the, the maintenance of it, it wasn't a really scalable solution, plus people losing their fobs or or that cheap side of it that that we had with one of the uh, one of the campaigns out that people dinged the, the fob on the on the street. Uh, the problem in Belfast was that they were going around the street, putting them in their backpack, and the kids were going around each each of the lampposts and dinging them with the back with the backpack. So everybody was checking in at the same time. So, oh. which was a great great way of gaming the system and typical of somebody from Belfast to do, to do that. <laughs> you, always, you always guaranteed somebody to try to to game the system, which is yeah. which is brilliant and great for us learning ways that we, we yeah. took that. So, and that's why we switched to mobile only. That it was we used geofences that. You can't actually check into the park unless you're in that geofence, and it has to be a user initiated check in that you have to open the app and click check in to be GDPR compliant. Mm. Um, and then once you walk out of the geofence, that it automatically checks you out. Mm. But it was uh, yeah, it was good fun learning all the, the various ways to try and try and break it or try and try and cheat it and try and cheat it. Yeah, yeah. And as I asked my the kids, of course, are the first ones you ask for systems about how to how to break it. And uh, I said, would you give me your phone and I could walk around the park? She says, you're not getting my phone. Yeah. Away. So yeah, there's a there's, that's one way of, of uh, breaking that system is that nobody seems to want to give anybody their phone. No, they're attached to their phones. I don't know about old grannies, maybe they might be happy to lend the grandchild their, <laughs> their phone for some civic dollars, but goodness knows what else they might do with the phone when they had it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And funny, the, the silver surfer side of it, yeah. the, the older generation using phones, that didn't seem to be a barrier at all whenever we're doing the research. Most of them are on Twitter more than I am, which mm. is which is unbelievable. And that whole generation gap seems to have disappeared technology-wise that 70, 80-year-olds have no bother using a phone. Yes, the screen might be a bit bigger, but they've, they've absolutely no problem uh, manoeuvring around it. No, and I think also the reward side of it, I mean, older people that have been used to like supermarket reward cards and things like that you know collecting points for what they do for a while so the whole philosophy there is not alien to them is it yeah no absolutely and there's i suppose that idea of a of a community currency as well mm. has been around since the dark ages when you, you traded three chickens for a sheep That's <laughs> exactly. it. and then it's it's built on from that actually um the guy that was helping us at the start, Seamus Cushley, he's a, a blockchain and innovation guru and has been a mentor to us from the start. And one of his talks that he'd done way whenever we were starting out was to um, one of the local schools here. 
and it was called From Cows to Crypto, how, how the community currency or how it has digitized and, and went to, to a cryptocurrency, which it was a real fun one, the way he was able to explain it, how people were, were that whole idea of bartering or, or paying it forward was, uh, was really interesting. Um, and that's, I suppose, going back to the, the bartering and the, the rewards piece behind it, what, what we're doing, we've we found that the businesses that are giving us the rewards We've been very lucky that a lot of ones in Belfast and in Dublin that we've been chatting to want to to help out and and give the rewards to the either the users or the community groups. But what they're getting in the, at the back end of that is that the civic dollars that are that are traded go into their wallet and into their dashboard, so they can see a sort of a social impact dashboard. Mm. They can see how many community groups have helped, how many hours of their employees' time that their services have have gave and at a deeper level then how many hours in a park that they've encouraged because of what they're doing so and then that they can issue their rewards back to a community group or to their employees for doing various tasks like walking to work or cycling to work mm. or employee of the month that that sort of idea of uh, keeping it a closed loop currency that that it goes back to the people and then the people give it to donations or get the rewards goes back to the businesses who give it back to the people so it's just a big bubble that keeps on going and it's the transitional as well that i think the data that comes off it that somebody that earns civic dollars in leeds goes and gets a bus journey in belfast or dublin i think that's going to be the really interesting bit behind it that to see where people are earning it and where they're spending it um and hopefully we can, we can work out behavioural changes from that. Mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's really key. I mean, especially if after the IPCC report last year, uh, last week, sorry, talking about the environment and community, and that all links together really nicely, doesn't it? It's a real model for behaviour change, actually, when you think about it. Um, yeah. So, so you've, you've, you've already got Dublin and Leeds, so you've are you planning to do this on a city by city basis? Is it taking over the world? Yeah, absolutely. That's global domination is the goal, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been built with the idea of being a, a scalable solution from yeah. from the start, um, and that's the way it was designed. And that's that was my long term goal. I didn't think we would be there as quick, which is which is great to see. But yeah, people are starting to see the benefit. Whether that's been the impact of COVID that's helped it, and the whole health pandemic that was here before COVID. But which is just blew up um, after that. I think that's that's going to be something over the next five to ten years that we're going to see the amount of chronic conditions because yeah. of of the extra sedentary lifestyles, and we need to nip something in the bud. And I think that the IP, IPCC report it wasn't surprising to anybody that's been following what's what's happening, like the that Earth overshot days happening earlier and earlier yeah. every year. So. It wasn't a huge shock to me, but like everything else, it's like all the, the litter reports that come out or the obesity reports that come out, there's there's outrage for two weeks and everybody's going, yeah, let's do something about it. They pay consultants millions of pounds to come up with a paper and then it's filed away and everything's quiet until the next year when the next report comes out and it's, oh, what's happening? Yeah, and yeah exactly. It, it sickens me really to, yeah. to see that um only false promises and absolute bs that they come out with <laughs> no i agree I, I couldn't agree more to be honest um it's just you know your model of is making small helping people to make small changes and what you mentioned the pandemic i think it's it was 
the timing was obviously really vital, not just for environmental reasons and health reasons, but because people were tied just to just local area exercise, to thinking about the community a bit more. That whole bartering thing was definitely going on with toilet rolls and all of that. Yep. And I think, you know, maybe the timing was just so spot on for what you were you were planning to do. But obviously the bigger impacts of something like civic dollars you know, on the whole planet is huge, as, as we said right at the beginning. So you're getting people to be less sedentary, you're getting people out into nature, and you don't know what the knock-on effects are going to be of that, but they can only be positive, can't they? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head of what we wanted to do, because when you look at the, the SDGs, even um, the mayor of Olborg in Denmark, whenever they held one of the, the last SDG conferences before, before lockdown, and one of the things that, again, something sticks in my head was that he wanted the cities and the municipalities and the councils to localise the SDGs, that they'll be relying on the government trying to do something, start yourself. And there's no reason that can be done from a community level as well. I know we focus on 3 and 11, the good health and well-being and sustainable mm. cities and communities. But there's no reason why that can't be expanded out. Um, I was jotting them, them down as usual about the, uh, the clean water, the reduced inequalities, because yeah. I suppose the inequalities say there's one we're looking at as well, that not only can people we want to reduce that, the health inequality and the wealth inequalities that are that are prevalent, that health inequalities especially, that people can just earn civic dollars and, and get a leisure centre voucher or get the, the bus pass and, and try and reduce, or sorry, increase their activity and mm. reduce that that health inequality. But something that, like the SDGs are, are great, but everybody's sort of waiting for somebody else to do something mm. about it at a higher level. Whereas it's going to have to be that idea of localizing the SDGs, pick a couple of them, each council, and try and run with it. There's no way you can do them all in one go. Everybody do that. But if each council picked a couple of them and say, right, we'll focus on that, or each community picked a couple of them and say, let's focus on that for the next couple of years, it, it could hit. There could be a big impact on that. No, definitely. Absolutely. And I, I think as well, it's, um, it's the inequalities piece, definitely. And I think it's something like opportunity as well, because I think a lot of people don't always know, or maybe, maybe they do know and they're afraid, but that, that it's giving them access to some of the other opportunities that are available in like leisure centres and other community spaces, you know, because things like exercise in the park and um, maybe there's various clubs walk, walking football and those kind of things you know that that maybe you don't know about you're slightly afraid about but if you've got an incentive to help you get into that that's that's increasing that's decreasing inequalities as well because it's making it available but it's increasing opportunities for all sorts of different people as well so it's, I think it's it's really key really yeah, key indeed and the with the meetings with the, with the guys in Dublin has been has been fantastic and the tourism people especially that are that are involved in it because they see the benefit that they can the idea they want to transition people across the city and not just focus it in, in one yeah. area so the idea is that they can earn it in one area but they can spend it in in the towns be that a visit to the museums or mm -hmm. the the various attractions that are around the cultural side of it yeah. so again that's it's good for the health get out about walk to, walk to the museums walk to the heritage heritage centers and and get in for free because you've you've used your civic dollars for for doing that. Um, and, that and that's subliminally educating people as well, isn't it? That's making yeah. people more aware of their heritage, which helps better decision making. It's just it's just a, a cycle upwards, which is a, a really nice a nice um, thing to have. We have the, and 
incidental activity and incidental education <laughs> exactly incidental education i think is is really key you know because i think so many people especially now with social media where we're hearing the same messages from our own bubbles it's getting out of those bubbles and hearing different opinions and, and learning from the past and and all of that so no it's, it's all it's all brilliant i mean the, the thing is there's so many different things you could add into it now i think you'll have to give me a job <laughs> there's so many different things you could add into it that there are ways you could encourage behavior change in in so many different ways so many different areas and like you say with the SDGs, I mean, for me, um, for where does it come from, the brand that I run, the, our key one is number 12, which is around responsible production and consumption. But yeah. you could even have something in civil do civic dollars around people, what people, what shops people are going into, whether they're shopping ethically, whether they're taking things to the secondhand shop, you know, whether they're buying secondhand, whether they're mending, repairing. There's a whole heap of things you could add in, isn't there? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's we want it to be a, a multifaceted nudge solution, not just for encouraging people to, to walk into parks, but be that the, the mending side of it, that people would offer a discount to mend clothes or to fix bikes or mm. to do something that'll sort of encourage the sustainable, the recycling side of it as well. Yeah. One of the ideas is to, to use it to encourage people to reduce their plastic consumption or mm -hmm. increase recycling or to be that even down to that level of taking the bike or taking your jeans to a mending shop you maybe didn't think you could afford it before but if they start putting on we'll give you a 20 percent or 30 percent discount for five civic dollars that's just a, a two or two and a half hour stay in a park yeah exactly it's worth it yeah, yeah no that sounds really good i mean the sky's the limit really i think with the with the idea it's just um need to see it taking over the world now please get it get it to suffolk if you can that would be good i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> you have to put in a good word for us yeah no i did I, I think i did introduce you to someone we'll have to that was a long time ago they probably need to give them another nudge don't we oh yes <laughs> right um, i was gonna my, my final question i know we've been talking away here it's so it's so interesting and it's it's sort of gets lots of ideas going in my own head of things you could do as well but one thing that I was talking to someone about the other day is whenever there's any kind of media coverage of climate emergency and lots of other things as well it always seems to fall to us you need to make the changes you there's always changes you can make and it is really really important and we've talked about the need for community um, changing but what other changes do you think that needs to be made on maybe on a bigger level legislation or economic model or whatever so that we can reach some of the targets that we know we need to reach for um you know like having keeping to one and a half degree rise or carbon emissions or whatever yeah um i think it's going to have to still fall on the, the citizens and as i was ranting earlier on <laughs> about <laughs> there there'll just be consultants make millions out of deciding what to do and nothing happens out of it there's false promises left right and center but the action has to be taken at a at a ground level and we had we had a great learning period from what we were doing that there were other city coins trying to trying to come into the various cities a, across the uk and a lot of them failed because what they were trying to do is that they were coming from the the government down coming from the, the council down and people are so anti-authoritarian these days. And I think maybe they've just had their limit of taking instructions of what to do. And if you tell them to do something else, they're going to say, no, I'm just not doing it. Mm. So um, what we found is that because we're coming at a ground level, because we, we have that social impact from the community groups, that we that's and that's one of the core reasons why I had it in my head anyway, but to go from the community groups, and that user at a low level, whenever they're encouraged at a peer level to do something, 
it has a far greater impact. And I know myself from, from the local community groups here that, that I'm involved with, that whenever we ask people to do something, it's usually not a problem. They'll come and volunteer, they'll come and help out at the youth clubs or at the cleanups. But if they were told that by the government, they'd be saying, ah, go and jump, you're ready. Yeah, exactly. you. We pay our taxes. But by impacting that, that community group, um, they're the first people I go to. And I say, look, here's the benefits you can get out of civic dollars. All we ask is that you ask your members to, to go out, be a bit more active, go to the park, earn civic dollars. They can get a reward for themselves, but look, tell them to donate some to you and look what, look what you can get out of that. If there's going to be any quick change, immediate change, even long-term change, it has to be driven at the community level because there's mm. no point in waiting for it to happen at central or, or local government. No, I mean, if you think about all the big movements of the past, you know, peace movements and things like that, it tends to be grassroots started, doesn't it? It tends to yeah. be people on the ground demanding change and then, then forcing change, not through, I mean, rebellion and all of that, although that obviously has happened as well. But anarchy. It's, <laughs> yeah, anarchy. <laughs> it's more about um, if there's enough people making a point, contacting their MPs, contacting their councils, doing these things, changing the way life is lived, then that tends to be followed, doesn't it? It tends to be, because it, because most politicians, in my view, just want to run ahead of a crowd and say that they did it first, you know. So it's just about, it's just so, so we need to almost lead the politicians by example, by living like that, and then telling them, hey, this is what we want, you need to make it happen, that's what you're, you're there for, you know, not put yeah. barriers in our way. Absolutely, and any behavioural change that's offered by the by the central government or from the higher ups is going to have negligible impact mm. but if we can do that from a ground level from the peer level of the normal people like us that it's going to have a far greater impact and if we can change our behaviors and that of our peers then that's where we start to to see that impact mm. but we need the support so we need the support for there to be enough buses we need the support for there to be um you know affordable train travel and lovely parks to go and sit in and you know yeah, but the more the park cycling yeah, infrastructure recycling infrastructure so so it's, it's almost like by saying to them yeah well we're going to do these things but all you have to do is to facilitate it with infrastructure yeah because we're paying for it anyway absolutely absolutely mm. okay absolutely. no it's brilliant it's really over it again <laughs> yeah. no I like, I'm, the, I'm the same it's a difficult one because you know in, in terms of clothing and fashion which are my key things that I tend to get involved with um, although I've obviously got an interest in a lot more than that but it's it's needing there's less control I suppose because you can you can ask people and encourage people to go out and shop uh, for for ethical clothes or use secondhand and all of those kind of things but unfortunately if there are those cheaper alternatives then people tend to go and buy those and it's how do you get them to to choose better how do you get them to understand what's what's better but in, i suppose in the case of something like civic dollars the opportunities are there and they're free going to the park is free you know yeah. you can so, so it's, it's almost like just as you say nudging them towards those things and they actually get a reward for it um it, it, it's it's for, so for me i suppose what i'm saying is um i see legislation as being quite important for the offerings that people are made are available for people in to to consume for clothing food etc but for what you're talking about the opportunities are already there that's it yeah it's free for them to turn they don't have to sign up to health insurance to to earn their rewards or Mm. walk the 5ks do 10,000 steps a day just go to the park 
and, yeah. and sit down if you want and mm. see the benefits of it and the benefits to the community. Yeah, no, definitely. And in fact, it's, it doesn't help if you go for a run because then you have less time in the park and you earn less dollars, I suppose. Yeah, well, you'd be too tired. You have to go home and take a shower. <laughs> exactly, and you come out of your geo, whatever it is. No, that's brilliant. That's so interesting, Stephen. I mean, I can see so many different ways this can be used, as we've talked about. I can see it in a whole load of different areas, and it's all contributing towards communities, commun uh, contributing towards health, obviously the environment, um, in terms of the SDGs, like you say, having lovely cities and, and equality and good health and everything. So it's a fantastic thing. We just need to see it widening a lot further across the world people picking up on what you're doing and i'll have to get you back on the podcast in a couple of years when you're lord stephen of belfast yep i'll, I'll see what the internet is like in barbados <laughs> yeah that would be, be good, be good. <laughs> yeah civic dollars barbados <laughs> <laughs> yeah. definitely, definitely have to do the survey for that one. <laughs> oh, personally. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. No, it sounds absolutely brilliant. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm right behind it. I think it sounds great. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. We'll get what we'll do is we'll put lots of links to, um, to Civic Dollars and various other things we've talked about. I'd love to put a link onto some of the research you've talked about as well. It'd be great to have that included so people can go and, and have a look for themselves. But um, yep, no the problem. very best of luck with it all. Um, can't wait much, to hear more about it. And thank you so much for coming and spending time with us. No problem at all. It's great to chat. <laughs>